Hello and welcome to another episode of the For the Love of Truth podcast. I'm called Adrian. In this episode, I want to talk to you at length about questions and the importance of asking really good questions. When I was at school, I was always getting into trouble for asking questions because I'm so curious. I want to know the nature of things, what goes on, how it works, why it's working, that kind of thing. And so I would ask questions, well, why is that then? What does that mean? How does that work? And I would always be getting told, stop asking questions and just accept the answer you're given. And that didn't make any sense to me. And of course, I'd say, well, why is that? And then I'd get into trouble for that as well. But that got me thinking. And certainly when I was making the mind map for this podcast, and by the way, if you want a copy of the mind map, you can find it in the link of the description of the podcast. Um, It got me thinking that school really is the first part of the trap that's laid for us where we are actively discouraged from asking questions and we are actively encouraged to answer questions. And I was thinking about the end of week and the end of term and all the exams where you're you're hit with all these questions. And I used to get really frightened and concerned about that. What if I got it wrong? What if I didn't know what to do? And stuff like that. And as you get further on in life, then the police ask you questions and then the court ask you questions. And actually, I find that a really interesting thing because many of us now are starting to zone in on that and to focus in on it. And I think there are clues there for us that we are the ones that should be asking the questions. We are not the ones that should be answering the questions. And that's certainly the case if you get involved in legal and lawful matters, that the one who is asking the questions controls everything. Now, I don't really want to have a discussion with you about that, but I want you to bear that in mind as we go through this. So what I'm going to do is talk about a couple of things, and then we'll talk about the questioning process that I use, that I've developed, with the hope that it might give you some ideas about a questioning process that you can develop if you haven't already got one that's working for you. And I'll leave you with some questions that I use to help me refine my map of the territory. In other words, everything that's outside of me is the territory. And I want a map of that territory to help me safely navigate through it. I don't want to get consumed by the creation of the map, and I don't want to get consumed by the questions. But I do want to have access to them so that I can navigate safely, or as safely as I want to. So the first thing I want you just to think about is, have you ever looked at how or thought about how your brain and spine look in profile? And if you look at them, they look rather like a large ball on top of a thick rod. Now to me, that looks like an aerial. And aerials are used for transmitting and receiving information and data. And I believe that's what goes on through our body and certainly through our DNA. And what's interesting with that is that would suggest to me that we've got inbuilt receiving of information and that we shouldn't be looking necessarily to the internet, although that is an interesting place to start and quite often where I will go initially if I get no other input, just to get the ball rolling. But the real information comes from elsewhere, and we receive that information when we send out a request. So if that's the case, and we have access to all of this information in the Akashic Record and elsewhere, that we should be formulating better quality questions. Now, one of the things I always do is get out into nature so that I'm away from the technical stuff, and I have that connection to the other world, the real world, and I disconnect from the false world, the fictional world. And I think that's a useful thing to do because then in those quiet moments, you start to get access to the information. There's one thing I've noticed certainly with the information that comes to you. It has a very gentle caress. It's almost like the wind brushing against your skin and there's a gentle breeze. It doesn't come hammering at the door and go parcel for Adrian. It just doesn't work that way. And yet many of us are so distracted by 
everything that's going on around us, by all the noise, all the pandemonium, all the pantomime, that it's just too noisy for us to notice the little subtle, quiet caresses of information, of intuitions, of hunches. And those are the very things that we should be paying attention to because you don't just have brain cells in your brain. You have them in your heart and you have them in your gut. Every cell of your body is generating information and requesting information. And we can become much more aware of that and operating as a whole because what the whole education system wants to do is trap you in your left brain and to stop you thinking clearly and using all the elements of your your whole body and requesting information from elsewhere. So with that in mind, I know that when I speak to people, quite often they tell me they're looking for the answer. And I always say, well, to what question? And sometimes they actually don't know. They just want answers, which I find puzzling. But I would encourage you to to do this, to stop looking for the answer and actually to start crafting very high quality, well-considered and well-thought-out questions. Now, I'll give you a quick example of two different types of question. Let's say I'm hungry. And I might say to myself, well, what can I eat? And that will get me an answer. But if I said, all right, what is it that I think my body needs right now in terms of minerals, of vitamins, of nutrition, something that would empower me to help me think clearly, that would help my body repair and regenerate? What kind of stuff would I like to eat right now that would really serve me and help me? Now, that kind of question will get you a very different answer and a very different approach. And on the subject of approaches, sometimes when I'm speaking to people and I ask them a question, they go, well, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. And there's an NLP technique you can use, which is really simple. And I just say to them, well, all right, well, if you did know the answer, what would you say? And more often than not, that opens the door that they've accidentally closed in their mind and frees them to answer the question, which is like magic, really. It's really, really useful. Now, one of the things about defining better quality questions is that quite often I find it easier to write them down. I mind map them or I write them out longhand. More often than not these days, I just do a quick sketch and a mind map. The reason for writing them down as opposed to typing them, for me, is that that connection, that uh, intimacy with the paper and the pen, that whole interaction does many more things for me and connects my mind much better to what's going on than just the typing, which I think it's really important. And I couldn't really put my finger on why, but it's very unique and it's very personal. And I find it much more satisfying and much more rewarding to do that. Now, sometimes, yeah, I, I type a lot and I type quickly. But if I'm crafting a question, I find that a pen and a paper, it slows me down, it slows my mind down. And if I don't know what a good question would be, I'll ask myself, what would be the best question I could ask right now? What is the optimal question I could ask right now? And then I'll write that down. Now, I do have a book of magic questions or a magic book of questions, rather. And I have this for one reason. I write the big questions in the book. I write the date. I write the question. And then I forget about it. I don't go looking for the answer because whatever you pursue has got much longer legs than you. And I worn myself out looking for answers. Instead, I focus on the question with the intention that it will be answered when it's ready, when it's ripe. Rather like trying to go in your garden and encourage your tomato plants to go grow, they will only grow in their own speed and they'll be ready when they're ready. So I let the answer come. Now, sometimes it comes very quickly and other times it might take a little while, a few months, a few weeks, a few years, or even recently, nearly two decades before the answer came. But it doesn't matter because the answer always comes. And I think that's the critical bit.
And just before we move on to some questions, one of the things I would encourage you to do is to slow yourself down. Like we talked about before, there's a gentle caress of the information and the intuition as the answers come sometimes. And they might come to you when you're walking, when you're in a shower, when you're doing nothing. The answers tend to pop up then when the resistance is lowest. So I would encourage you to slow down and relax and let the information that you're requesting come to you. And the other thing when you're asking questions is, to look at things and to to take a macro, really step back view, and helicopter view, if you will, or a bird's eye view, I think it's probably better, and then to step in really close and get a microscopic view, and then to step inside the problem and step outside it and twirl it around in 3D in your imagination. That's how I learned how to create software, looking at the data and the relationships between the data that way, and it's very effective. So when it comes to questions, you're only really going to I think, focus in and around seven keys to the kingdom, if you will, which is what, where, why, when, which, how, and who. Now, why is by far the most powerful question in there, and I think it's a force in nature all of its own. And the reason I say that, because it's almost magical in its properties, because reasons come first and results come second. You see, I don't want to get into motivation because that takes effort and I have to force myself. And I learned that the hard way many years ago. What I want to do is get inspired. And to get inspired, I focus on why I should be doing something and why I want something. And I write very powerful, compelling things down. And I I explore that question because when you get inspired, inspiration is to breathe in. You breathe in what you want. You get drawn to it. And it's extremely powerful. Now, for me, the most dangerous question on there is how. And the reason I say it's dangerous for me is because I've been blessed with the ability to work out very complex problems very quickly in my own mind and figure things out. But that's a rod for my own back because I used to bear a terrible weight, really, of trying to figure stuff out all the time. And I was just tired of it. And what I worked out was if I simply ask the question and then wait for the answer to come. Now, obviously, if it's a really simple question, like how do I unscrew the cap off this or how do I get that off there? I don't do anything other than work out what's gone in my head. But bigger questions I've learned over time that if you'll ask a really well-formulated question, write it down and let the answer come, invariably, the answer that comes is so much better, so much more expansive, so much more integrated and integrative than anything I could have come up with on my own, which is why I then think about the transmitter receiver, that I'm receiving information from somewhere else a higher part of me, if you will, a part that knows much more than me, that has a much clearer view than I do. So that's one of the things I'd encourage you to do. And one of the reasons you want to get good at asking questions, by the way, is because we live in a reality which is completely inverted right now, where truth is considered to be lies and lies are considered to be truth. Indeed, lies are worshipped as something honorable to be doing by the very broken, corrupt, monetary and corporate systems that are trying to take control of everything right now. Now, as far as the questions go that I found useful, now, don't think that I ask these constantly all the time, although a lot of them are going through my mind, especially when I'm looking at new information and considering whether it's useful or not. One of my favorite ones, and they're all to do with with the fact that we live in a really a holographic reality, which is based on frequency and vibration, is what is the rhythm? Now, with each of these questions or each of these topics, if you will, I'm going to wrap the questions around them so you get a feel for it. So what are the rhythms here? Where are the rhythms within this? Why are the rhythms there? When is it more rhythmical? Which rhythms have the most impact? 
how do these rhythms work? And that's the how question that I do need to be careful with. And who is affected by these and who is causing these to happen? Now, harmonic is the next question. What is harmonic about this? How does it feel? How does it resonate? Where is it most harmonic? Where is it least harmonic? Why is it harmonic? When is it most harmonic or when does the harmony happen? Which harmonies have the most effect? How do the harmonies happen? And who creates them and who is affected by them? And we can move on to interactions. So what is interacting here? Where is it interacting? What is it interacting with? Why is it interacting with the other stuff? When does it interact? Which interactions are the strongest? How does it interact? And who is it interacting with? And then clearest. What is the clearest thing here? Where is it clearest? Why is it clearest? And so on. I hope you're getting a feel for that. Then you might say, simple. What is the most simple way of approaching this? Where is the simplest way to apply this? Why is the simplest way forward the best? Which of the options is the most simple? How is the simple way going to be most effective? And who should I approach with this simple solution? Those kind of things. Optimal is another good one. What is the optimal way to get this done? What is the most powerful way to get this done? You can apply the what, where, why, when, which, how, and who to all of these. How does this feel to me is such an important one because when I was growing up, I was encouraged to think and I was discouraged to feel. And yet I kept noticing I would feel resistance to things and I would ignore it. I'd stay in my head like a good boy, like I'd been told to be. And then things really went wrong because I believe that the way through this is to feel our way through it, to pay attention to what our senses are telling us. And if you do that, that's a really useful thing to do. Another great question is, what have I forgotten? I prefer to say, what have I not remembered? Because I like the positive side of that. And that's really saved me a lot of times. It's also let me down when I've forgotten to ask the question. What am I going to get from this? Where can I get from it? How can I remain objective is another really potent question for me, because sometimes as we've gone through what we're going through recently and some of the challenges and turmoils I've faced in my life, It's hard to remain objective because I got riled and I let go of that as fast as I can because I know it doesn't serve me at any level and in many ways causes more problems. How can I be most flexible? What is the most flexible approach here? Why should we choose a flexible approach rather than a rigid approach? What's really going on? Who's really doing this? Where is it really happening? Who is really behind this? Another great one is, what would be a great question matrix I can create to use in this situation? Now, I've been asked to do private consulting with people to help them with a variety of subjects, be it health-related or otherwise. And in order to do that, I asked myself, well, what would be a really effective and powerful, or what would be the optimal, simple question matrix I can create and use for this particular situation? And that led me to create a mind map with questions on it that I can now complete that helped me get a really good view of where the individual is sat so that we can then look at that and figure out a way that we can give them some suggestions that they can integrate to take themselves forward. Another really powerful question that I've learned over the years, and it's not one I created, when something happens that I have uh, an unpleasant feeling about or I don't like and I'm looking at a situation, I'm just, I don't feel comfortable. It's just like, what? I know I'm looking at it the wrong way. So I always say to myself, I know what it is that I don't want, but I also recognize that this is important, which is why I'm getting this sensation and these feelings. So what is it that I do want from this? How can I look at this in a different way so I feel differently about it? And that shifts me straight away. 
And then I start to ask, well, why is it important to look this way and what's really going on? And I think the final question is, does this resonate with me? And that's really my go-to question when I don't know what's truth and I don't know what's lies. I ask of myself, does this resonate with me? And I wait for the answer because invariably my entire body, everything about me will give me clues and feelings as to what's going on. And whenever I've trusted the answer to that question, things have worked out just fine. Whenever I've stepped into my mind to rationalize, which is to tell myself rational lies about what's really going on, then it usually ends up in a very bad place for me. So I hope there was stuff in there that helps you think about focusing on creation of better quality questions to beget better quality answers in your life. And I would encourage you to spend some time formulating that. And you can ask yourself, what are the best questions for me right now? What's going to help me? What's going to serve me? How's it going to serve me? And remember, the why question is one of the most potent questions you can ask. And what's happening to us and around us right now will not stand the scrutiny of more than one or two questions. If you have a list of questions ready to ask, you will absolutely poke right through the very flimsy non-existent almost surface of this and reveal the true nature of things to yourself. Now, you guys are absolutely amazing. And I'm so looking forward to seeing you in the next, or actually seeing you, speaking to you in the next podcast. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.